is the NVG Podcast. My name is Will. <laughs> and I am David. Uh, today we're going to be talking about storytelling and video games. My favorite zombie of all time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I really like storytelling and video games. Hmm. It's the best. Is it though? Yes, it is. Okay. We'll get to that. You can't say otherwise. <laughs> so we'll just we'll start this off right away with have you ever shed a tear during a video game? No. Because I'm a heartless bastard. <laughs> no, but for real. No, for real. So I have Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Mm, Alright, well I, all right. Well I have. I, but I def- we already established that you're a little Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember uh <laughs> definitely The Last of Us, man. That was that was dramatic. But <laughs> I also did. So nothing. You got nothing out of the end of Final Fantasy X. No. <laughs> you know, I actually was kind of disappointed at that ending at one time, and then like as I got older, I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I kind of get it." But at the time when I played it, I was just like, "Hmm, just another Final Fantasy ending," and just kind of left it at that. <laughs> so funny. So my old roommate. So I beat it. And I I cried, but not like you know bawling or nothing, but. <laughs> but so I lent it to my old roommate uh, back in the day, and <laughs> oh, this is before we were roommates. And he calls me up, and he's all like, "Why did you make me play this game?" <laughs> he was talking about him. He was talking about himself crying, and he had a little like I don't know what it was, like a little chihuahua. <laughs> he was talking about how his little chihuahua was going crazy because he's like, he's like, "What's wrong with you, man? Why why are you so upset?" <laughs> Was he was he talking in like a like a deep like thick Mexican accent? <laughs> the dog, I mean maybe I don't know. He didn't he didn't tell me that part. Okay, so that's uh, funny. <laughs> um, really never. What about a movie? Movies? Nothing. Um, the only one that got close to, uh, that gave me the you know the the lump in your throat uh-huh. or whatever was uh, Pursuit of Happiness, with Will Smith and his his kid. When they were in the bathroom. Oh, that movie was dumb. The subway. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> no, I like that movie. It was really good. I thought it was a good movie. Um, it was a good movie. But we're talking about video games. You're right. I, I digress. Um, So, what do you think is the main difference between movies and video games and storytelling? The biggest difference between the two would have to be that when you're writing a movie or even like a TV show script... And you're writing stories for those. They're stories that are just being told. And then when for you're for a writing, movie, yeah. Okay. And then whenever you're writing a a story for a video game, they're stories that are being played, which is a okay. lot different. So, in in movies and and TV shows, you're playing from like in like a th- or you're you're you're. You're experiencing it from a third person. You're experiencing it from like the omnipotent. What about like if just, you're playing a first person game? I just said for movies <laughs> and TV shows. That's <laughs> oh, okay, okay, about. okay, okay. Um, but for video games, you're always you're playing from defined perspectives, depending mm-hmm. on the actual. Um, what do you call it? The, the 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 role that you take for the video game. So you're you have to write a story that involves the person that's playing as opposed to just writing a story that the person is just experiencing. You know what I mean? What about movies like Doom where the movies in third person view or first, first person, person view? view? 
or damn it, what was that one? It's just the camera perspective, though. It's yeah, not, I know, I you, know. you never really change the story perspective. You already because you're still experiencing it from like from the <laughs> from the third person perspective, yeah. in that you're getting everybody's story and not just the story of the person that you're. They experimented with some other movie. It was like I don't I don't know what it's called, Dangerous Joe or. I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. Something like Hazardous Henry. Oh, that's it. Like. That's it. Something about Henry. Yeah. I think it was regarding Henry at Harrison Ford. I think that was the movie, right? What? <laughs> there was a lot of H's thrown around just then, <laughs> and I don't know. What, yeah. That was a weird thing. Okay. Anyways. But yeah, there, there's something to be said about the fact that technical difficulties. Difficulties. Why is that so hard to say? Anyways. Technical difficulties? Yes. It was very hard for me to say it. It wasn't. He said it Which is weird go. because I'm the one on the podcast that <laughs> can't say shit. And you're, usually you're hard. the one that's articulate. So. Words are hard, okay? Words are hard. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, you just, you, you just, you mostly just uh, wrap it around the fact that you're playing these characters. That they're interactive. Yes. That they're interactive. So when you're playing a video game, do you feel like it those characters are an extension of you? Certain games, it it feels like that. Like they want you to feel that way. I mean, if you really think about not even really if you think about it, they they told told you straight up for the Zelda games, the reason why they made him a voiceless uh protagonist is because they wanted you to put yourself in his his shoes. Um, that it's part of how you can write certain things and that the person who's playing will insert themselves into the characters. Whereas there's other stories written like Final Fantasy VII where everybody talks and you're just viewing a story that has already been written for right. you to, to experience, you know? So inserting yourself into the story would just be a matter of identifying with certain characters or certain aspects of characters, but not necessarily... Uh, you can't really put yourself into the story you know what i mean what video game character do you most identify with i have no idea <laughs> that that was like yeah i don't know if i can really think of that off the top of my head <laughs> yeah I got, I got nothing yeah i don't know i was i really thought you might have something since you asked the question but of course you don't god you suck at this i got nothing <laughs> um you're the answers, man. I just I just supply the questions. Right? Uh let's <laughs> And see. then I argue with you. You, you, <laughs> you provide do, said question. You do like to argue. <laughs> um No, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. We'll probably have yeah, to, I'll come back that's to that. Too later. Hard. Okay. Um so do you think that so you don't really think that movies and video game storytelling is, is similar at all? No, actually you know what? That actually brings up a good point. Because there's so many video games that they want to make into movies, and I think that's the reason why it doesn't translate well. Because what about movies they turn into video games? Sometimes that doesn't translate. Most of the time, that doesn't translate well either, because because they don't put the money into it. That's no, why I usually think not even that. Because if you think about it, okay, say for instance they made a movie based on, let's say the Justice League movie, right? Let's say they made a video game based off the Justice League movie. Okay. The only parts in that game that you'd be able to play are technically just the battle scenes, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe a little of the interaction. But the reason the reason why it would be hard to translate a movie to a video game is because a movie is a very enclosed story that happens within time to time to time, and then it's done. 
Whereas yeah. for a video game, there's certain sections that you need to explore. You'd be able to talk. And like the amount of interact, the, like being able to interact with anything goes beyond what it would have to go beyond what the movie said and would actually have to try to interpret what the movie wanted to do in these certain sections and then expand those to be playable. Because if you made an adaptation of a movie that was only an hour and a half long, like the movie, then you would end up with nothing. So you have to fluff everything out and you have to expand Padding. certain sections. Exactly. And that's why those won't translate very well that way. Now, for video games, you're translating 60 hours worth of gameplay into a movie. What game are you playing? Final Fantasies. Yeah, I know. Um, you're translating, okay, 20 hours of gameplay. Yeah. Into still, like, you're trying to, like, distill it down to an hour and a half, which most of the time, if a game is 20 hours, it's usually they've packed as much stuff as they possibly can, and they've pulled out 20 hours, and mm. that's, what they, that's what you got, you know? So that being said, they usually try to make it so the story is always being played. Now, you could probably uh, chop 10 hours off of that and still be left with just 10 hours of pure story. Well, that's why when you look on YouTube, you know, you have like a 40-hour game and then the movie version is like six hours. Right. Yeah. Or like one of our favorite um, series of games, Xenosaga, you can distill those games all the way down from the cutscenes, and it's like it's it's like seven, eight, and in four hours, I think. Yeah, it's like cutscenes. it's like a forty-hour game, and you can cut down the cutscenes to like thirty hours. So that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's just there. There's no there's no way unless you divide it like the the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah into like a whole or like the hobbit and then divide it into a whole bunch of sections and then well, maybe an, you can kind of get that that's another one i have to think about like what movie video game was actually a good one i i typically think of <laughs> it's funny because i think of the lego ones mm -hmm. but i mean they they pretty much just take the movie set yeah you know and they're like okay let's just give them all kinds of random shit to do in this little movie set right you know go from there those, um, I think if they they really want to think about it, and I think that's probably what what the hardest part about it is, is that if you're taking a video game and you're trying to make a movie out of it, the best idea would be to not try to recreate the video game and yeah. not try to recreate the story in the video game, but to explore either a, another yeah. aspect of that story or to explore like the 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 before or the after. Mm. Or, Something inspired by. Yeah, or even. Look at the, get the people who wrote the story for the game and say, "Hey, is there any other stories you wanted to tell?" Yeah, and I, then have them tell a story. Excellent point. That's, what, that's all you have to do. Now, like, again, no, it's cool. We're Hollywood. We got this. Yeah. You guys suck at making stories, even though everyone loves it. Yeah, and even though everybody will spend more time on your story than they'll ever spend on ours. Yeah. and it's funny too because whenever they do that, they're like, "No, our, our Hollywood writers are better," and then they like. You know, they, they skimp on a screenwriter yeah. and they're like, he has to be better than these video game writers, which is I mean, never the case. One of the perfect examples of kind of where, where the mashup kind of worked out properly was Warcraft. Oh, I was going to say Mortal Kombat, the first one. Warcraft? Um, <laughs> I just think of it just because in more uh, recent I've, memory. I've never seen it, so. Oh. Well, they did really good at trying to tell the original story, but you can definitely tell there was people writing from Blizzard's side and yeah. there's people writing from Hollywood's side because certain scenes were very much Hollywoodized and 
like certain characters were added in. It's not. It is. I now. love it when we make up words. All right. Um, I mean, just it's just a regular word with a new prefix or a new <laughs> yeah, suffix. Okay, and yeah. Call it a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, they added new characters. I mean, it's kind of like the way they did for like the Lord of the Rings books, where they added like uh, what Liv Tyler's character because she wasn't in the books at all but they needed like a love interest and so they wanted to add certain things in like that so like it's always like little parts like that where hollywood says well i need a certain thing and <laughs> yeah they're have... always like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute there's no love story in this um yeah edit yeah and i mean and a lot of people will argue that it's um it's not necessary to have those things. And sometimes a story can be told without tropes. Sometimes a story can actually be told without, uh, without giving. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, I, know. I mean, I know. if you're playing an RPG and there's no sewer in it, then what not an kind RPG. of game is it, right? Yeah. It's not an Shoot, RPG I don't have anymore. a sewer in my game. Dang it. <laughs> um, no, there is a sewer. Never mind. We're good. Um, <laughs> there will be now. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, like... Wait, did someone lose their memory? Yes, for sure. The main character lost his memory. It's an RPG trope. Very much so. Um, I have to look that up. I don't remember all the tropes, but it is always funny. Because now I actually look for them. Well, I look for those two at least. The re- I mean, the reason why the memory trope is a big thing, especially when it comes to RPGs, is because they want the player to experience the memories yeah. a- as brand new. And if the, s- the character itself already remembers all the things, then it makes it harder for the player it, to get into the story. It makes plenty of sense yeah. in a video game, yeah. Yeah. So Again, one of the things that... The sewer does not. Like the the sewer is just unnecessary. Yeah, all, that one makes on, no all sense. All the time. And then Xenogears sewer was like the worst thing ever. And <laughs> then... <laughs> When they're like As running from all the flying robots, in Xenogears? Yeah, uh, I think we're thinking about the sections. Oh, oh thinking about well, the they, red they rum have, section. They have, oh yeah, yeah. Well, they have that. Well, they have two sewer parts then, because they're trying to escape Shivat or Shivan, Shivat. The desert place? No. The okay. Solaris? No. The bad, the bad floating in the sky place. Oh, uh, it is Shivat. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So the, there's that, and then there's the one where you're escaping after you were in the arena and mm-hmm. you were in the prison for a little bit. Yeah. That's where you uh, get Rico in your party, I believe. I feel like there's probably another sewer in there. No, there's no more sewers. Not that I know. Of. Okay. Anyways, I sort of doubled down. Huh? I doubled down on the on sewers. The tropes. Yeah, Faye, but it, Faye had amnesia. Who else had? I'm sure there's more people that had amnesia. Oh no, no, no. But but okay. Here's the thing. Their amnesia wasn't what you would consider amnesia. Yeah. It was literally like they didn't remember that they themselves, or they never remember because they never knew that they themselves are like reincarnations of these other people. That well, were always not just that. History. There was split personalities and. Oh yeah. Oh, they yeah. delved deep into per, uh, into psychology with that game. Yeah. Which oh, so good. you should. We should play. I w- I'm trying to play it again because I want to. I have more knowledge about psychology now, and I think that it would be really cool to to look at it from an adult perspective. If I played it again and beat it again, it would be for the seventh time. I hear you like that number. I do. And that'll it's be a, it. That's the it's last a number of letters play. in my first name. It's the it's the the day of my of my birth. Everybody it's the, knows. Everyone heard the podcast already. It's, it's it's also the tattooed on my arm. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So. <laughs> and then yet when I tried to put. The seven in our in the name of our game company, you're like, poo poo mm-hmm. that. I poo pooed it. 
I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Also, I said poo pooed. So P O O P O O. You've also said that in a podcast. You should go listen to our podcast. They're pretty hey, good. Seven letters. <laughs> oh, <it's sketchy>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> what was no. the name of the game coming? It was uh, Seven Sky. Or oh, Seven. Like oh, Seven Sky Dynamic Entertainment. That's what it was. Jesus Christ, that's long as hell. It was good. It was I don't like it. Beautiful. Still don't like it. All right. That's Anyways, cool. back to the storytelling. Oh, I hate it when we do this because then we, we go off on this tangent and I'm like, wait a minute, where the hell was I? Well, on that note, let's take a break. <laughs> okay. Now we're back. <laughs> okay, we're back. We looked up some movies to video games and we decided we don't really care enough to talk about it. So wow. there's well there's like Star Wars there's that lived and died Golden so Eye but I don't know I mean usually the best ones are the ones that like you were talking about they're not a direct one the one to the movie it's just they're like side stories or something yep or kind of inspired by so Which, so as far as uh so you definitely think that video games stories telling different movies and video games. Uh, but what about what about TV shows compared to video games? Do you think they're a little bit more similar? TV shows kind of they're built on the same like theory that video games are, and more or less like long form storytelling. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, TV shows are given the opportunity to like delve really deep into character stories and to delve into actual stories that will span seasons and seasons worth of content. So you have some seasons that would last. It's 30 minutes an episode, and I, that, that's, a, that's a lot of TV. And then there's some of them that they're like 45 minutes to an hour long episodes per... It's 22 know. minutes for half an hour, and then 44 minutes for an hour long show. Well, if it's on TV. Gotcha, if it's on Netflix. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah, Netflix. Well, then there's Walking Dead, which is weird. I always feel like every episode's like its own amount of time. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure AMC just kind of gives them whatever time they need yeah. for the episode, and then they, they'll Which cut is, the commercial I mean, that's awesome, it. really. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I like I said, the same theory. It's You give give more time to tell a story. The Again, it, there's a different pr- perspective that you're working with for, say, for instance, like something like The Walking Dead. You're working with a perspective that you're getting from the outside looking, and you're just watching these certain things go down. And it really just depends on who directs or who writes that episode because you could have the perspective of Rick's party or you could have the perspective of Negan's uh, people. Like in a video game? In a video game, you can do the same thing, yeah. yes. But, but you're still taking a role. Yeah. But but they they give you the illusion of the, that kind of, of that there's choices, really. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of video games. Like, oh, I can't even think of one. But, like, in RPGs or, you know, or even in Legend of Zelda like do you do you want to help them and it says yes or no but then you say no and they're like are you sure and then if you say no again they go we're gonna help them anyways yeah because that's gonna drive the story forward <laughs> so they're just giving this illusion yeah exactly yeah. unless i mean then i guess if you have a game like mass effect you know that or the witcher which i know you didn't really want to talk about yeah but so stop <laughs> <laughs> We already talked about it. Jeez, I know. Um, so, so you definitely think they're. So, what do you think? What do 
TV shows do different than, than movies? Like what techniques do they use to expand the length of time? It's character development. So the fact that they have like most TV shows will have like real conversations or they'll actually like sit down with the characters and do stuff. Whereas with the movie, you're thinking about the economy of time, like how many, how much things can I fit in in this time, and what what techniques can I use to portray certain things. Where as in a TV show, it it's definitely less about technique and more about content. So they're thinking about, say for instance, in a in a movie, if they want to convey that somebody's angry, they might just do a quick like zoom in on their face and like, you know what I mean? But in a TV show, (laughs) they might spend a whole episode explaining why a person's angry and what the, uh, what the repercussions of that person being angry are and, and like going through their mental process and everything for a whole episode. And that is 22 to 44 minutes. And for, like I said, for the movie, you're thinking about, I can't spend 22 to 44 minutes explaining why this person's angry. I need to get from them being angry to them taking action. And I need to do it that quick. So what do I what do I need to do? Do I need to portray it in their eyes? Do I need to portray it in their voice? Do I need to portray, do they need to yell at something? Do they need a monologue real quick so I can get this moving along? But if you that's that's the difference between storytelling and movies and and uh and TV shows. I think TV shows, because they have so much more time to develop certain things. It gives them the opportunity to do it in a way that's more uh, fleshed out. Fleshed out, yeah. Whereas for movies, it not saying that movies don't get the same things across. They just get it across in in a in a, a different in, way. A, in a, in a yeah. different fashion and in, in a quicker fashion because they have again they have to worry about how much time do I have to tell this story mm-hmm. and how much of the story do I want to tell or is this movie going to be split into two parts? You know. Yeah. Um, well, it's the good ones that can. I mean, it probably takes a different talent to be able to make a good TV show and make a good movie. Yes, that's the reason why a lot of you won't see TV show actors typically move to movies. You'll see actors. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's a lot. Of t- I would say like a lot Not of TV a- shows, TV show actors don't move to movies. A lot of movie actors move to TV shows, though. I always thought of this as like, <laughs> I always thought of it like actors, uh, kind of like going back to baseball. Okay. You ready for this? So. <laughs> Well, so like in Probably baseball, understand it, but okay. <laughs> well, in baseball, you have uh, minor leagues. You have A ball, double A, triple A, mm-hmm. and then you have the big leagues. Okay. And so I always kind of think of it like, you know, for the good shows, like you got your triple A baseball players mm-hmm. who they can they can be in the big leagues. They 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 bring them up, you know, sometimes when the fill in and whatever. Right. And sometimes they might produce for like a month. Right. But then realistically, you know, you got to send them back to down to the minor leagues. Okay, and so, and so that, honestly, that's how I always thought about um, as actors is like the the big stars. They're the major league players, mm-hmm. and the other ones might do some good sometimes, but they're they're probably they're minor league players, right? So I'm sure there's like a caliber when it comes to those kinds of things, yeah. or even sometimes where the actors themselves were actors or actresses. Actually, I'm going to use actors to refer to everybody. Um, they like. You'll have certain people that maybe they are more TV people. That's what it's they want to do. It's probably more marketable, actually, more than anything. TV? No, I mean, like, I mean, there's there are actors that, like, are in movies yeah. that, like, their acting skills are definitely not major league. Mm-hmm. But then there's something about their look or their personality that just is so charming or whatever you want right. to say. And it's that one characteristic that just really makes them 
stand out from other people. Yeah, but re- uh, I guess going back to what I was saying earlier, rarely do you see people who are majority TV actors move over to movies. And and a lot of times what you'll see is that a lot of TV actors are actually writers or they're directors or they're producers it, and they will be they'll work on other stuff and they'll work on movies and things, but they'll usually be more or less I I think of think of TV and I'm saying like broadcast TV, not necessarily like a Netflix or an HBO or a Showtime or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or even like Hulu. But think of TV as like a step up from... Or not a step up, sorry. Like a parallel step from like theater. So it's a little bit less... Um, a less, a lot less budget. And you have a lot... Especially a lot of like the sitcoms and things like that. They're done in front of like audiences. It actually... Like to a point where you have like the same type <laughs> of experience. The canned laughter and whatnot. Yeah. Um, which I found out from a podcast I listened to that that's actually like a it's machine. Fake. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, um, I would love to go into that. That was like a really, really good podcast I listened to. Anyways. Um, yeah. But like, so, so the experience is different. You have the budget's different. And if you really think about it, like you were saying, there's a caliber of actor and if <laughs> it costs a lot more money to make a movie. So, why would you, you wouldn't want to spend the money on somebody that you don't think is of a caliber to make the movie money because they cost so much money. You got to make it back in order to pay the people's man. It is just like baseball. Like, so sometimes you'll have actors like they'll be really good in some movies. So they'll really be good in some seasons. Mm-hmm. And then there's, and then for some reason their star power starts to trail off and then they get sent back down to the minor leagues. And that's when they like, they're like these role models for these up and coming players. Mm-hmm. But then like, that kind of happens in TV too. Like, yeah. like you won't see an actor for a long time, and then all of a sudden they're like the star of some show. Yep. Well, I just realized that we went completely off the rails, and because today we're talking about storytelling and video <laughs> games, I don't know how the heck we got the TV in in movies, but um, it was a nice conversation. So, um, you have anything else to talk about for sto- <laughs> video game story? That was going? a very polite way. <laughs> For you to get say you need to get your ass back on track. Yes. <laughs> also, I just like talking about video game storytelling. So can we get back to that? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I kind of put that too. That you know, I I definitely think that uh, video game storytelling is a lot closer to the TV shows. Just in, in the fact that you know, especially in RPGs, you know, when you have RPG and you have multiple party characters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have your main character typically. And that one's the fleshed out the most. But all your party members, they typically, if it's a good RPG, they have fleshed out their stories. And it's kind of the same thing for TV shows. You know, you have your main character, they flesh them out. And then, unexpectedly, they flesh out all these supplementary characters. And you're like, wow, this is actually a really good character as well. So, and then I was kind of thinking about like where you have Uncharted, where since it's a shorter game, they still mostly focus on that character but then it's oh what is it called the the macguffin is that what it's called the thing that people try to get in a movie yes <laughs> whatever it is but they kind of they seem to kind of focus more on that so it's it's the character but then they also focus on the thing that they're trying to attain right so um so do you think that video games run into the same trap as as like 23 episode seasons where they have they feel like they have to meet this quota, you know, like 
well, games, RPGs, they're 40-hour games, you know, so we have to make it a 40-hour game. Do you think that happens too much? Do you think a lot of games end up with too much fluff? I think that happens all the time. And I do feel like, and we talked about this, I believe, in the first or second episode about... um, about uh, like announcing video game like runtime or whatever. Oh, wait, announcing what? Video game runtime, like how much? Oh yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Length we did of talk about that at some point. And I think that like that's a that's you could that you can already tell that's a symptom of something that something even bigger. And that how how you gauge whether or not a game is good is the amount of time you spend in mm-hmm. it. Because I mean I mean I've played some games that have only lasted like five or six hours and. They're some of the best yeah, games I've great. ever played because you know, they're solid. They they get from here to there, and you never feel like any time is wasted. Then you have games like Final Fantasy VII, where there are, I do feel like there's some a little bit of time wasted. There's padding in in a lot of places, but the game itself still feels solid, and it doesn't feel like it. Uh, it's like a wasted time to have spent ninety nine plus hours in making the timer turn red and mm-hmm. just not counting your time anymore. Um, <laughs> You know, it, there, there's certain and like for for them to have announced that it is, I don't think that they don't really, you know, like when they say on the back of a box where it says like 50 plus hours of gameplay, mm-hmm. that means nothing to me. Yeah, and it shouldn't mean anything to like. I'm pretty sure whoever wrote the story wasn't thinking, oh, I need to write this story so it's 50 plus hours. It's the developers that end up doing that, or it's the 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 project directors or whatever that do that because they go, hey, your story only lasts 20 hours. We need to do more. So we're going to need you to walk from here to here instead of just kind of moving you there. <laughs> Do you think that uh, video game companies are supplying uh, the customers with way too much information before a game comes out? Yes. I yeah. I've, <laughs> I remember, and this is, I, I always feel like it makes me like, Oh shit, old. back in the day. Dude, I remember back in the day where like when you got a when game. You're walking in the sleet and snow. Right? Yeah, oh, man miles in the sleet and snow <laughs> and to go to my local game shop and to go on there <laughs> no, i'm just kidding or comic um, shop huh or comic shop yeah. actually that's what i did when i was a kid there was a comic book shop next to me and i did I, you walked through the fall. sleet and snow i probably uh, no i have actually i that's did because you're an old man that was like user oh that was the best snowstorm we're off out of school for like a week Anywho, anyways, <laughs> back in the day when you went to buy video games, it was you maybe got a commercial or two on TV because mm. video games still oh, weren't that big. Oh, and the commercials big. were so good. Right. Like the live action ones. Oh, right. Those are the best. Yeah, they were the worst. Um, <laughs> but then you went in there and like the only thing that told you whether or not you should buy that game is the cover art and those little tiny screenshots they put on the back. And then pretty much most of the time you were just like, okay, is this one or two players? <laughs> and that might be the determining <laughs> factor, right? And sometimes they don't even tell you whether or not it's one, one or two players. Exactly. And But, like, there was something to, to be said about discovering games back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. And nowadays it just feels like there's so much of an overabundance of games. One of the games that I really wanted to play recently was Nier Automata, right? Mm-hmm. I think we had talked about this before, but, like, I wanted to play it so badly. But I had gotten so much information ahead of time about that game that it just made me not want to play it because... Somebody else already explained the full thing to me. Like the story? Like the story, the fact that it had all those crazy amount of endings, which really weren't endings, but they're kind of just like bookends for the story, and then you just kind of moved on to the Dude, next one. now we're doing that to somebody right now. What do you mean? I know. 
<laughs> You're just giving them too much information. Yeah. But I mean, I, it, that's uh, a symptom. I blame of, it on podcasts. It's the symptom of our era. Though. Podcasts are ruining our world. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't feel like that's a good opinion Please to have, considering keep that. Listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it, like the overabundance of information, sometimes I do think ruins like sometimes the the creativity that goes into certain video games, like even well, Breath I, of the Wild. Like yeah. ahead of time, they told you so much about it. Or yeah. sorry, they told you so little about it I, that it actually lended to the game yeah. being very discovery. I saw that first trailer and I was like, "Cool, I'm sold. Got it. I'm gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. I didn't need all this extra shit." You know, I understand like like video game players. I don't know why I struggled with video game players. People that play video games are definitely a different type. You know, like if we're really into video games, we're always on. We're on the internet. We're looking at whatever what you know website video game website or whatever like we don't need to be we don't uh, well whatever we don't really need to be (laughs) sold on these products you know right they don't need to prove it to us it's the people that are you know they're the the parents that go into the GameStop or whatever and you know what should i get it for my kid like they need the advertisement they need to be impressed but they don't you don't need like 20 different i remember the spider-man trailer or the or kingdom hearts has so many video game trailers for all these different gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Like, there's there's something to... Like, stop giving me the whole... You know, I think we had this conversation a long time ago about trailers and how I told you I only watch the first trailer yeah, and then I don't watch movies, anymore yeah. because I would prefer to go into a movie and, and this goes the same with video games. I prefer to go into a video game only knowing the bare minimum about what the game yep. is supposed to be. And that's all it comes down to. If it's... A, if it's an action RPG, show me some action, give me a little bit of the music, and give me a little bit of the gameplay, and then leave me at I'm that. Good. Yep. Yes. Don't give me a 10-minute video showing all of the mechanics. I prefer to learn those as I go along. That's the whole point of playing video games, the experience of playing video games. Same thing goes with movies. <laughs> you give it so big of a trailer that the movie is effectively explained and the only thing left is that you didn't put the ending in the trailer, obviously. <laughs> then... Yeah, but they... Sometimes even, they... Yeah, even nowadays, do. they've been they've been spoiling that by they put it in there and then when you get in, you watch the movie, by the time you get to the end, you're like, oh, I saw that in the trailer. What the mm-hmm. shit? Yeah. You know? And that that's... Yeah, that right there is... It, it, oh, man. Like, the trailer shouldn't be cliff notes for the movie. It No. No. There were, uh, well, I'm trying to think of what, but then movie. now they like they're explaining so in depth some of the 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 mechanics to games. You know, like you're talking about these 10 minute videos. They're like, well, you know, we had these, we had them, um, we had it, we wanted these characters to be able to eat in the games, and we we thought, you know, where's where's this food gonna go? So we implemented the system where if you eat too much. You actually have a heart attack. And did you know that if you also eat too much on a regular basis, you start to develop um, a disease which causes you to get fat? It's funny thing is I say that because it's true and there's a video game that does it called Scum. But the thing about (laughs) it is they're like, and, you know, now that we've told you that, you're not going to discover that on your own. So there is no wow factor to it. Not at all. Not at all. So it really makes Speaking of wow. That's one of the things that turned me off to that game. There's a site called Wowhead, which I actually, I really like that site, but what they did or what they started doing is they started having like teams that would data mine 
the PTR public test realms mm-hmm. for the game. So this is before certain patches or certain expansions came out and they would data mine it. So they would look into all the, the big files and then they would be able to pull out a whole bunch of names and models and things that aren't actually in the game yet. And then they would just like, it would just be like data dumps of all this stuff saying, Hey, look, we found what the new, new, what the new mounts are going to be. Here's the new reputation. This, here's a new this and this and this, and this is how you get these things. This is what we've, you know, de- uh, gathered from the code and whatnot. And that, that right there is like, it's, it's crazy to me. Like why? I don't know. It, Final Fantasy 14, um, which is one of my favorite games right now. One of the biggest thing I liked about that game is that first, it's not moddable. So, like, the game doesn't... People aren't constantly delving into the code for that game. Second, well, I guess you can mod it, but it's technically against the terms of service. Uh, anyways, the game has so much mystery to it that really what it comes down to when you play it, you're discovering a lot of stuff for yourself. And there's like guides that, online, but... Like that big-ass tower, you were like, I don't know what the hell it is. It's yeah. there. Well, I speculated, but I speculated not based on what mm-hmm. the internet told me. I speculated based on, oh, it looks like a tower. Ooh, there's this one place that you can go deep down into the earth and you fight things. I wonder if that's another thing. And you go up that. Come to find out, uh, it was like two or three patches later. It turned it. They actually uh, turned it into just, a. We just did it again. To a, t- a tower. <laughs> Do you know how many hours it takes to get to the, that kind I'm of content? I'm just playing anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean. I mean, it's definitely a thing, you know, like, yeah. and and it seems like there's a lot of people in this new generation that don't really care about spoilers, you know, they're like, oh, okay, well, you know. I still get to experience it for myself, so that's all that matters. Yeah, they don't need, they don't care about being, getting surprised, I don't know, it's just, it's different, different generation, I guess. Um, I totally lost my train of thought, and I totally cut you off. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should have saved all this for the gameplay podcast. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, uh, but I will say, let's let's go on and take a break real quick. Break time. Yeah, and we're back uh, from taking another break. And we have stuff to talk about. We do uh, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, so since since we were kind of talking about gameplay already, um, so in a video game. What what do you what do you value more? Do you value the gameplay or the story? I value a balance between the two. So there like could, the force. Yes. Mm-hmm. So gameplay is the dark side. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyways, um, I think about it as like if the story doesn't isn't complimented by the gameplay then the story might not be that great if the gameplay isn't complimented by the story then it's probably not that great you there i mean definitely when you're when you're designing a video game even if you're like oh i just want it to be a game based off of a of a story you know blah blah, blah and i want the story to remain key and things like that you still have to get have gameplay that's either intuitive or at least like to a point where you don't feel like the gameplay is a chore just to get to the story. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then you don't want to have gameplay that you just feel like, oh, all this gameplay is just interrupting my story. Now, I, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, I don't mind that. I do. One of my biggest gripes about Xenosaga is I didn't like the battle system. And 
that I always felt like I was interrupting. Oh, you didn't like the battle system interrupting your story. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that's where like gameplay didn't marry well with. See, people had the complaint the other way around where they didn't like the story interrupting their gameplay. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I, you know, I was always down for like watching those long ass cutscenes. Mm-hmm. I was, oh man, I would love to just sit back and then wait for the controller to vibrate because usually, like, like you know that. Oh, there you go. No, time to get into a battle. It, it, it was, it was a little weird. Like people that didn't like that, you know, because they always, they would always say like, I didn't buy a movie or an anime. I bought a video game. But I'm like. Yeah, but you bought a video game that was yeah, but very story-based. Yeah, and not just that. Do you like movies? Do you like anime? Like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Just yeah. enjoy this section that is like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's gameplay sections. Enjoy that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Xenosaga, in my opinion, definitely felt like a game that there was a big major story written for it. And this is all three of the games. There's a big major story written for them. And that gameplay was kind of a vehicle or video games was a vehicle to tell that story. Right. And it definitely felt like the gameplay was an afterthought to this massive story that was so wonderfully told. See, I like the gameplay in those games, so. Yeah, I know. I know. But I like RPGs and I don't know. I mean, even like games, (laughs) like I'm playing the Dragon Quest XI and I like the gameplay, you know, and the story is just okay meh it's just meh but <laughs> i don't know for some reason i still i still enjoy it it's i mean it's, i think you've talked about it before it's that comfort yeah i know what i'm gonna get and i like it yeah yeah I, I, yeah we talked about that specifically for dragon class games oh really is that okay. is that they're comfort games and that they don't really switch up the formula very much yeah. whereas you have final fantasy that's always switching up but it's not, even, uh, to, you know, it's not even it's not even dragon themselves. quest it's it's for whatever reason and mostly in in rpgs like even if the story is not that great um yeah i still i still want to chug along i don't know maybe i'm just maybe i'm just dedicated to that type of game yeah you could be like the people who actually like watching the b movies yeah no i don't really like b movies I'm too, I, I know, I'm too but, judgmental but, about movies. Yeah, but there are those. But people I'm not that, judgmental like, about video games. Not nearly as much. Crazy, right? It is kind of weird because there are two different types of media. Anyways, so this is this is kind of an old thing that people used to talk about. You know, the whole games as art, and uh, it's still a thing people talk about. Really? <laughs> so I, of course, looked up art the definition of art which is it's the expression or application of human creative skills and imagination typically in a visual form such as paintings or sculpture producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty and emotional power video games yeah well i mean they say painting and sculptures but i mean no, i said typically oh tip- painting. No, you're right it's, it's typically so but i mean i don't know why video games would be any different than movies or tv shows that are depicted as art yeah i mean i would i would definitely say they're art too like i said i still think it's talked about to this day is that certain things are considered masterpieces because of that because of that definition is that like journey is like it's like a giant art piece Mm -hmm. and then you have even sometimes like the stories for games is just an art piece it's a it's a it's an expression of the of the creator's uh, like inner whatever, 
and they're putting that on onto paper and then that somebody's translating everything they put onto paper into an interactive uh, experience. So I mean, if you if you're really thinking about tapestry, it, tapestry, interactive tapestry. Yes, since we're going back to art and painting and sculptures. And so whatnot. so do you remember the game that they championed as the the first game where they could argue that games are art? Pong. <laughs> you got it. No, no it was so it was, it was Shadow of the Colossus was the first one. That yeah, they used that one the champion saying, Wow, video the game first one can't. ever? No, not Ico. Shadow of the Colossus. No, the first one ever that they championed that. Or yeah, is that just like a in like in recent memory? Because I'm pretty no, sure no, no, back no. in the day other games are considered art too. It was it was the one where it was the one that people took and said, Nuh-uh, look in your face, look at this game, this is art. I feel like there's other games that did it, but okay. Well, uh, sure. After that, but I'm sure there's other games that did I'm it. I'm sure they it. they tried it, and I, I I maybe the difference is maybe the art world looked at this game and was like, oh. What well, about like games like Okami or something like that? That, that was out, literally artwork. That came out after Shadow of the Colossus. You sure? Came out for GameCube. That's PS2 era, right? Hey, you just talk about stuff. Anyways, um, <laughs> I think well, because I think about like if you're thinking about art. The fact, I guess maybe it might be the one that was publicly championed, but I'm pretty sure back in the okay, day. If public, yeah, that might be the case. Because I think back in the day, there's so many games that were like done in certain like art forms that were expressive of whoever created it. They're just what, oh, let's just make a game with gameplay that looks like a painting or something like that. Right? Yeah. Just, just to clarify I, that I won. Okay, cool. That's cool. I don't know. I no, it did come out was. before. Um Okay, go on. Go on with what you're saying. Like, like I, I, I could argue that Final Fantasy VI is an, is an art piece. Like, it's literally. I mean, if you if you look at the amount of effort that goes into that went into creating the the art assets for that game, and how it pushes the the console to its max or whatever, and there's a there's a freaking opera in that game. I, I think I think what these art buffs are referring to is uh, something that when you just look at it visually, mm-hmm. it per- tells a story in itself without even saying anything. And so okay. I'm assuming that's what they're referring to when they say games as art. And and realistically, like there's very little, you know, like direct telling you what this is, what the story is in Shadow of the Colossus, mm-hmm. but it definitely has this emotional power to it you know so they're only arguing that it's art because there's no dialogue or because there's, there's dialogue bar- i know there's dialogue. sorry there's barely any dialogue i i'm guessing it's it's just like um what i was talking about before the the lord of the rings scene with gandalf sitting up against the on on the barrel or whatever and that scene without him saying anything portrays so much emotion and everything and so that's why that's what i'm assuming that they're talking about I guess. I just think that all video games are art anyways because they're expressing somebody's vision. Their beauty and emotional power? Yes. Hmm? I mean, I mean, if if you think about it, stories are written by people and they typically portray whatever's in that person's mind or soul, if you will. And 
then that is translated to be experienced by somebody else, which to me is artwork. That being said, any game with a story would end up falling under that definition. I mean, you see what I'm saying? It really just depends on what world you live in. I would imagine for what you're there's only one world too. No, I just mean like if you're, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I get it, but unless there's multiple dimensions, yeah. But if you're if you're a major art buff, you know, like you're gonna have your own definition of what art is. Or oh, for sure, everybody has their own definition. So I think that I think that was one of them that they were campaigning to the art world. So if that makes sense, that's fine. So. Um, I'm not going to argue it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I told you not to talk about Witcher 3 and the storytelling that you like about it. <laughs> but I actually wrote in here, go ahead, Will. Yay! <laughs> no, um, Witcher 3 is very much a good story. And I championed that game not only because the story was solid, but because the story was told in a way... Uh, I guess kind of that evolved upon every other way that a lot of RPGs have tried to sell stories back in the day, whether it be uh, like, like, the, like the think about the Mass Effect games. They told the story in the way almost very similar to what the Witcher did in terms of like multiple choices and, and, and getting different things, except for Mass Effects only went one foot in on that. And they just gave you the, the Paragon and Renegade system. Right. Whereas the Witcher said, you know what, let's put, both feet in on that never mind let's put our whole body in on that mm-hmm. and every choice you make actually has persistent weight um, weight they're oh, perfect word. but ambiguous weight yes yes oh they don't tell you oh you are now on the uh third tree branch seven mm-hmm. sub branch 34 you for, know for <laughs> reference i have not played this game i've just heard will talk about it enough <laughs> and that, and that's not even like your favorite game or anything. No, no, so. no. But I, when I play video games, I typically analyze them quite, right. um, quite in depth. Uh, but especially when it comes to stories, uh, if I play most games I play, typically have uh, in depth stories. I don't. I'm not really a fan of just pure gameplay types of games most of the time. Um, but yeah, so The Witcher Three also has this thing where instead of just having your main quest, you have side quests. Okay, yeah, you've heard that before. Everybody has side quests. Everybody has these these other things you can do. And then you go, oh, well, it has an open world too. Oh, gosh, it's just another one of those games. But instead, they decided every single quest that we're going to add in this game will actually have, like you said, weight on the story, weight on the characters that exist in this world. Um, another thing they did is put a little bit more work into the AI of the people that existed within the towns and that existed along your path to, to you know, fulfill the story or to uh, to uh, flesh out the, the, the quests themselves. So it got to a point where everything you were doing, all the decisions you were making were all part of branching narratives and that these branching narratives not only had an effect on the, the side quests and maybe individuals, but it actually had a an effect on the main quest and major individuals in that. And there, a very prime example was I took a quest and I won't give any specifics because people may still not have played the game. Um, and that game is one of those games where I don't think I'd ever want to spoil it because that game, I think it's really, it needs to be experienced in order to, is it hard to, to spoil because of all the outcomes you can have. Yeah. But I, th- I think like the, the specific one that I want to talk about would spoil that outcome and maybe it would be, it's so much better to experience it. Um, but pretty much I did a side quest. 
I did a thing. I rescued a certain person or I quote unquote rescued a certain person. And in doing so, like, I guess I violated a contract with somebody else, but this is something I didn't know because it, it ended up being part of the main story. And by violating that contract, somebody else was affected by something and then somebody else died. Like it was like a whole thing. And then you start to realize that these side quests really aren't side quests. They're just, they, they're part of the main quest and they actually, the way they weave themselves in and out of the, of the main quest make them side quests because you don't have to do them. But in doing them, you like, it's almost like it gives you a path, like three paths to take. But every uh, there's and there's one giant path in the middle, and you know that leads down the story. But all these side paths, they don't actually just go straight off to the side. They always wrap back into the into the main road. So you'll never feel like all the side quests you're taking don't mean anything. You you can even at the time of doing the quest, you know that there's a weight. You just may not know where that weight actually lies. Um, and that that to me is is the sign of somebody who looked at the story and built a web for his story his or her story sorry um and then and looked at said no matter where you are and no matter when you take on these quests what can i do to make it so that you taking on these quests isn't just a way to get money or isn't just a way to get experience but it's a way to experience this world and it's the way to experience the uh the story of this character and the characters around them and then hooking up with female characters in the game. Oh yes, oh no, that's part. Actually, funny thing is, I actually tried to hook up with both of them, and then because the game has this web that always, always intertwines with each other, they ended up finding out that I was trying to hook up with both of them, and they both, they both screwed me over. I mean, like it's one of those things where it's like you don't think so. It's it, a net positive. No, because he screwed you over. Ah, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, but it's like it's it's one of those like, things like the you know the developers were really thinking about um, uh, consequences of right. everything that you do, and that's one of, that's a that's a big thing when it comes to to large stories like that. It's consequences for actions. So, do you think that it made a better story, or did it make something that was more impressive? than anything like was it just something like wow i've never seen this this is really impressive or did it make it tell a better story i think it made it to where the gameplay and in the story had a a lot more of a uh, uh symbiotic a symbiotic yeah relationship and it definitely felt like man i got more time out of the game and i felt like that it, it didn't it didn't take away from 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 the uh from the enjoyability of the story or the or the gameplay itself i you know oh wow i did get experience cool that mean that's good too that means i get to get new skills but also i just experience even more of a story yep so this game sounds good it's a very good game <laughs> and i still haven't finished it yet you haven't i finished the main story i haven't finished uh, the dlc yet oh okay oh um, <sighs> we're gonna i wish we, i could get into that one i just it was mostly because um I haven't played part two. I, that was it, and and I feel like I have to play part two to play part three, and I no, technically feel no. like I play got to play part one to play part two. Well, one of the things about the Witcher games that they did really well is that they do reference themselves in terms of backwards, but they're very much self enclosed stories. Wait, did you play two? I played part of two. Was it any good? Like it's three, like an if like way 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 better. Three is way better. They 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 improved upon the formulas quite a bit, 
in so terms I just of, need to say screw it and do it. Yeah, you could just play. You could just play three and be fine. Though what I've heard is that two story is good, but it's just not as uh, it's not, not as good as three. Is. So weird at the beginning. Anyway, yeah. Did um, you, can you we take a, yeah, yeah, we take a break, break real quick? Yep. yep. Okay. And we're back. Sorry for the abrupt break. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, um, so if these, so these are the games that I personally have thought were the best this generation, best stories so far. Okay. And uh, I'll just rattle them off: uh, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Arkham Knight, Persona Five, and Uncharted Four. Okay. Of those, what have you played? All of them except for Persona 5, which I've only played like the first. Oh, you played Uncharted 4? No. Oops. Never mind. Not Uncharted okay. either. My bad. So between those three, um, like which one's your preferred story? If I'm being completely honest, I just liked God of War story, but all the other ones, I, don't, eh. I was just like, they're good stories, I guess, but they're not like nothing, nothing that hasn't been done before. The Horizon Zero Dawn I liked more for gameplay. Well, I mean, for the most part, everything's been done already. I, I know. I know. But I think we had a discussion before about how I just really haven't completed a lot of games lately. Just It's just nothing that's really, like, uh, gotten in, like, grasped my attention like they used to. I mean, games back in the day used to, like, feel like you had to continue. God of War, again, it, it was one of the few games that I've completed, and I did it really quickly. And I I liked the story, but I wouldn't say it's like critically acclaimed. I thought it was done well. It was done very well. Yeah, but in terms of like, I, I I've been really wanting a good RPG to play, and Final Fantasy fourteen is the closest I've gotten to a good one, and it's an MMO, so really it doesn't kind of it doesn't really fill the exact RPG kind of uh, uh void that 15 left because 15 i thought was again all right all entertaining right. but it wasn't it was man <sighs> yeah I are you excited for 15 2 announcement next week i don't they said it was gonna have like a second life for final fantasy 15 but i don't yeah, know second if it, second life second, i don't know if they're actually gonna two, do a sequel i thought they were 15, saying it was two. second season of 15 2 yeah just 15 second season 15 2 yeah so fifteen was season one, and yeah, no, no, fifteen season pass one, fifteen mm-hmm. season pass two. Is that what they said? No, well, well they, they already had season they pass said, two essentially. Yeah, they, well, they planned it out, but they never se- they have haven't actually announced when they were like that. They've already said that okay, so this season ended with um, Ignis and the com- mm-hmm. the comrades update, and then the next season I don't really was care gonna anymore. The the next season, since we've already started talking about it, I'm going to talk about it. Well, no, no, no. I just don't care about <laughs> the DLC or the season passes. I beat it. I'm yeah. That's why I don't it. think they're announcing a second ver- or a second game for. The- I think they're going to just announce like the there's going to be an episode um, two Luna Freya. Okay, so and then episode 15, Arden episode two. So they're going to go in episodes instead of just season two. Okay, got it. Seasons. Why mm-hmm. do you like? Why are you fighting me on this? <laughs> Gosh, because well, it is kind of fun sometimes because I know that you know I'm just fucking with you, and then you're like, 
I don't care. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to be right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, well, I guess you can't really talk about the stories uh, without really spoiling anything. But I did think it was interesting when you're talking about Witcher 3 and how all these side quests had weight to the main story. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you played Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, you're like, it's a good game. But when you get to the end, don't go off and do all kinds of side quests. Just finish it through or it kind of takes away from the flow of the story. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But it's one of those games that, um, it's, oh man. One of, okay. So one of the good things about that story was that it, it held momentum, mm-hmm. but it only held momentum if you let it hold the momentum. So it was one of those things where it had a story that they need to c- kind of beg to be played. Yeah. It didn't, and that it gave you side quests to do, but those side quests didn't have anywhere close to the momentum that the main quest had. And once you got going on the main quest, and because of the momentum building up, like as you started hitting those major parts in the game, it never really, like, uh, it never really gave you space to do everything else. It just made you feel like I want to keep on getting to the next, to the next, to the next. It, it, it escalated very consistently, and. Uh, like once you discovered one of the big plot twists, like there, it really just kind of said, "Hey, keep on going. Why would you want to stop now?" Yeah, because um, you get want to platinum the game. Sure, but that's the reason why I was telling you when you played it that it'd be better to just finish the game because as soon as you finish the game, they let you start right back right before you finish the game. Yeah. So then you could go through and platinum it. Did I do that? I don't know how I did. I might have done that. But I didn't. I don't platinum games. I platinumed it. Um, That's only my second game I've ever platinumed. Wow. But yeah, no, it, it definitely yeah. That that's man, that right there. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'd have to give it more credit for story then, um, because of the the amount of momentum and the amount of uh, amount of weight the story held. Almost that kind of begs you begged you not to do the other things and just keep moving forward. It and it had a late. I remember the story had a little bit of you know like. We we're talking about before, outside of the podcast about how some of these like games like near where you kind of got to go outside of this like you'll you'll experience the story but then it feels like you have to do this like research to really like wrap your brains around everything that's going on and Horizon zero dawn like if, if you're paying attention i mean it was there was definitely some complex stuff going on but it definitely gave you enough to where you can wrap your brains around everything that's going on but it was like it, it felt one of the closer to a game that's teetering between the two, you know, like Mm -hmm. we want to really make this a complicated story, but just, just not too. And, and I thought it had a nice blend of that. Um, God of War obviously was very straightforward, Mm -hmm. but I I thought it was, I thought it was a great game. And as far as Arkham Knight goes, I'm like, I didn't read Batman comics. (laughs) What? Continue. Okay. So I didn't read, uh, I didn't read, I didn't read Batman comics. So when I played Arkham Knight and a lot of the story beats and that, I remember being like, "Wow, that's that's intense or that's freaking awesome," you know. The only problem with Arkham Knight's story is that kind of kind of the same thing I was saying. I think I said one of the bad things about certain pacing in video games is that they did Arkham Knight instead of doing story and gameplay at the same time. 
they definitely said gameplay, 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 story bit, gameplay, 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 story bit, gameplay, story bit. Like that was one of the my gripes about it is that you never really kind of felt like your gameplay was the story. You always felt like it was one or the other. And like the you, side quests, you mean? No, no, just the gameplay in general. Like it always felt like when you were playing, enjoy the gameplay and then get ready for for the story, and then enjoy the gameplay and then get ready for the story, or pay attention because you might get a story bit in in your gameplay but they're not it, you you may not even notice that you're listening to the story cuz it's always like the things over your your microphone or your, your your headset or whatever like you can hear like somebody telling you blah 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 hey we need to go this way did you, oh did you recognize this oh i think you might be talking about this and you know those kinds of things so you kind of get story that way but mm-hmm. majority of the story was only told in cutscenes right and you never really felt like you were playing. So it, it was one of those things where a game with engine was was built, uh, and, and a, a world was built, mechanics were built, and then they were like, "What? <laughs> what story should we tell now?" Um, and then they added a villain, and then they just and then they said, "Okay, well, we now we have a rose gallery for Batman. We can just add all these other side things in here, and here's the main thing that you can do with that villain." Though I still haven't got a chance to play the season of Infamy. Um, that that DLC, which is uh, uh, Rachel Ghoul and and some oh. and, and a couple other people, and apparently it's I heard Mr. that was Freeze. really yeah, and I heard that was really good um, story wise. Okay, okay, yeah, so I haven't got a chance to play that yet, but they were no better than any of the other ones in the main game. I mean, oh. they were they were just as good if you know as as those. So gotcha. Um, well, also another thing with Arkhamite that didn't really help is when the game first came out, especially on PC, which is what I bought it for. I got really lucky. I just bought a new video card, and I didn't have as many problems as other people did. But that really plagued like the early on, especially for a lot of people, is that they wanted to get through the story, but they couldn't get to the story because they couldn't get through the gameplay because there were too many frame drops, or there was too many glitches, or too many force force shutdowns of the game and things like that. Which I mean, apparently it's fixed now. The reviews are pretty good in terms of the game on console. I guess was perfect, but <laughs> I didn't buy for console i bought it for pc because i'm a pc master race but um yeah. gross yeah i don't know i, I think I, that I thought the story be... was all right i just i mean it's it was very very comic booky yeah for sure but which is I, nothing wrong i mean were you familiar with some of the story beats yes yeah so for sure. I, I like i said i wasn't at all so yeah, there were certain characters i don't think i had ever heard of i think i've seen before but i just like oh i didn't oh that that's why that villain is that way which is kind of cool though sometimes that you get to explore like the the guy with the with the with the pig mask or whatever I, oh yeah i didn't even know he had exi- he ever existed in the in the marvel thing or not in marvel wow in batman's uh rogue gallery and i thought that was really cool um i remember the I don't firefly at all but uh, anyways, um, I remember the fire, the Firefly one, which was kind of cool. That was kind of where they try to integrate story and, and gameplay at the oh, same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to chase after them. Um, and then, let's see. The Riddler is always going to be there doing his thing. They just they just kind of use that as like their throwaway mechanic for all the Arkham games. It's just like, okay, look for Riddler trophies, and we'll, we'll kind of integrate the story. Never mind. They use that as a way to introduce Catwoman, really. Sorry, and that was on multiple occasions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That uh, again, the game, that game was good. I don't. Want, I'll never say anything like bad yeah, about the game, bad. other than its release on PC was a little rocky. Um, t- do you remember what happened with that? They actually took it off of the store. Yeah, I did. That's how that. bad it was. Mm-hmm. I like I said, I downloaded it early on, and I had no problems whatsoever. So I, w- I feel like I was one of the first people to actually get through the game on PC because. 
Like I was, or I was of the first group of people to get through it. So, so when you pot this and you put it in and you load it and everything, and then you put your hands up and you're like, PC master race, bitches. This game's going to be awesome on PC. And mm-hmm. then you, tr- and then it wasn't. Oh, it, I and didn't then, have any And issues. then you were like, oh, it's better on console. Son no. Bitch. No. I didn't have any yep. issues. Yep. It's just everywhere yep. media wise was like, yeah, they just took the game off of the store. And I'm like, I don't see why. Did oh they my take gosh, it off? he's who? Did they take it off the PlayStation Store at all? No. Huh. That's interesting. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they didn't. Because the PlayStation to? version is hella probably because they didn't need to underpowered. I mean, they probably just didn't need to. Yeah, I mean, when they're when they're running like a PS1 version of the game, then yeah. <laughs> just saying. Because I was running mine in 4K, but you know, whatever. It was like constant. I have my 4K TV. It like Doesn't mean the game right itself here. is running in 4K. I don't care. In my head, it's in 4K. It sounds like something somebody, a console peasant would say. <laughs> console <laughs> peasant. <laughs> it's what they say. Console peasant? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I, I also own a PlayStation, so <laughs> there's that. But I do play majority of things that I own on PC. So for Uncharted 4, unfortunately, I don't really remember that game. Isn't that kind of sad? Uh, I, I remember. But the biggest part I remember it is it had a little bit of a... Uh, I remember Toy Story 3 had kind of a little emotional beat at the end. We had to give up his toys and everything. <laughs> did, did Nathan Drake have to give up his toys? He did. He did. <laughs> no, nah, uh, I wouldn't spoil it. It, it, was, it was a little bit of that... Um, it was the conclusion to a, a story, right? Yeah, yeah. It it was uh it was good. It was it was I I love I love that though. Where like you're it's almost like a a love letter to all the people that you know have been following it. I don't know. Anyway, as it should be. I mean, if you're going to draw a story to a close, wouldn't you want to pay homage to the people who played and like trying to, you know, say hey we recognize that you play three other games and here's the weight that they hold on mm-hmm. this last game and here's the weight that they hold on this story as a whole and hey we are closing this i yeah. just want to remind you and this is a closure use, we're not going <laughs> to use this character so you guys want to know what's, what's going to happen to him do you want to get their happy ending and what happens yeah we'll you see what I'm, yeah it, it makes sense and mm-hmm. i mean that right there is one but of then things. they're making toy story 4 and then tom hanks and tim the tool man taylor like they both couldn't get through their their lines for the last scene, I guess. Like both, like Tom Hanks had to have everyone out of the room for when he recorded the last scene because I guess it was like so freaking emotional. Dude, I don't even remember Toy Story three. I'm like, no, Toy Story four. Is it's there? Not t- out yet. I've already. It's not out yet. Oh okay. I can't wait to cry. Oh my gosh. God, he's just a little bitch. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break because. Uh, Sadly, I didn't have time to the research this next little bit, so I gotta research it real quick. So, wow! I'll give you a little behind the scenes with that. Wow, that was a long break. I mean, it was only seconds for our listeners, but I think I should add like twenty minutes in there, just some dead space. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> It's an excellent idea. It's a good design decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to go back. So I wanted to know, well, I'll just ask you first. Okay. Are there any games that you loved uh, because of the story, but didn't get any very good critical acclaim? I can't think of any. 
I think when you originally asked me this question, I said Final Fantasy twelve and thirteen. But yeah, I guess got apparently like eights and nines. Yeah, apparently they got good reviews. I think for me, what I always see is that they're like some of the worst. Cons- they're reviewed as some of the worst Final Fantasies in the in the in the Final maybe like Fantasy. fans and whatnot. Yeah, like thirteen people complained about how linear it was and in the hallways and whatnot and then 12 other people complained about the political intrigue and as well as yeah you yourself also complained about that but i also think that 12 is one of the best final fantasies ever created and i like the graphics i like the gameplay people don't like fix people don't like the 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 gambit system i love the gambit system i love gambit jesus christ man you 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 suck at this (laughs) um Uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't. I can't really think of many many games that I that I liked that were were, were not. I think you're gonna see Xenosaga well. too. That one got pretty bad reviews. I just I mean I already liked all the Xenosagas, but mm-hmm. I didn't know they got bad reviews. Um, also, I don't really review. I don't read reviews. That's probably that's probably it's probably what makes it really hard for me to choose. Because I just I mean if I like a game, I like a game. I don't really care mm-hmm. if you liked it or not. Thank God Xenosaga Two was pretty. Thank God it was pretty. No, yeah. it was. I liked that game. I again, I hated but it was the gameplay. But I, I've always not liked the gameplay for all those yeah, soccer games. So I was just like, I'm just here for the story. And once one I and beat three, the, were fine. They felt like a tra- traditional RPG. Mm-hmm. And then when they tried taking away from traditional and added something new, it was definitely for the worse. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than ten minute random battles. Yes. Oh, so you liked it? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, no. I mean, it's funny. There's another game that also suffered from this, and it's a new one that just came out, and that is Octopath Traveler. They tried to add a level of like in-depth gameplay and their breaking system and their weakness system and all that other stuff, and it made it to where even when you because that enemies sounds like somewhat scaled or Xenosaga too. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat, whenever, uh, like I think the way that they scale everything is even some of the older enemies, like still. Even after you've heavily leveled above them, it still takes a long time to kill them. So it always seems like it's a task every time that you have to start the battles. That you don't really feel that you've made any progress into destroying them quicker. Or right. Anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sucks. You need to give them instant gratification. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I took the break. So I, you know, I I just thought of some games that weren't reviewed well, but I still enjoyed with the story and everything. Uh, one of the first ones that came to mind was actually Deadpool, but I'm I'm pretty sure Deadpool didn't get a good review. They did not. Well, I really liked that game. I thought it was. I really liked it too. It was it was a it was a fun romp, if mm-hmm. you will. <laughs> but but I feel like it it did what it set out to do. You know, it was a. Uh, it's not like the gameplay was incredible, but I mean, no, it, it was, was a hack fine. and slash game. It was yeah. a, oh, no, sorry, it was a self-referential hack and slash game about somebody who broke the fourth wall all the time. Yes, and it was just over the top. That's what the game was supposed to be about. The set pieces were very much over the top, and I mean, granted, when I say poorly reviewed, I I pretty much just picked anything that was seven out of ten or below. That's funny. So it probably got a seven. Yeah, that one got a seven. Okay. okay. So, but otherwise, well, I looked through my list of of games I have, and I'm like, oh my gosh! I, like, I looked at ones I thought might have been poorly reviewed, and yeah. basically everything was eight or above. So, so I mean, I guess I it's good. Like the general consensus is that those are good scores, but I remember we also talked about how I don't like numbered scores yeah, for games I know, I know. because 
no matter what, I'm actually really critical about video games, especially, is that I don't, there's very, there's no, I don't think there's any games that I would give a 10 out of 10, you know? If if I had to like rate certain things, because there, I will always find something wrong with the game. No, nothing's What's perfect. What's wrong with God of War? Um, their fake open world. Oh, see, that's what I liked. It, it it felt like a lot of empty space. There's nothing going on. It always seemed like when you're traversing across the uh, like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. Yes, yes, that's a weird analogy <laughs> that you'd make that, but. It was no, I, like, I don't felt, know why. Sorry. So when you were in like the place of the nine lakes or whatever, it always felt like it was just like padding to make it take forever to get to another place. Like because you have to row that boat everywhere, mm. and it just took forever. It's almost well. I knew in certain areas it was loading tricks to make you go through a tunnel. Like it's to make sure that it unloads oh, that the game's other so part. Beautiful of, though. It's really good looking, but. You still can't justify to me. You can't justify an empty open world. Like, don't make an open world if you're gonna make it empty. But then you go, oh well, that's the story. Yeah, only so far. You can only take that so far. Uh, I, I, I feel like maybe I poo-poo your criticism. I know you do. I feel like when they make a sequel, because they will inevitably make a sequel, it makes sense. Stuff. Um, they, uh, that I think they'll probably end up working on those kinds of things. Or further inhabiting um, things as you're starting to solve the conflicts that you that you have solved, or maybe you're creating new conflicts. But yeah, I I do feel like they're they'll, they'll fill it out. I mean, and it, and the thing is, I understand like certain games will be like, well, you know, we we you're exploring a dead world and there's just nobody alive, so why would we have to add things to the to the world? You know, that's how it would be. But that right there, it's, it's, it's always like a shoddy premise for me. And I think that it's kind of like an excuse. It's the reason why a lot of games take place in post-apocalyptic, blah, blah, blah. Because then they can just leave expanses of, of whatever and use that to pad the, the, the runtime or at least the proposed runtime of the game. What's your flaw for Witcher 3? Uh, the actual swordplay is very basic. Oh. There's not much to it. Um, I wouldn't know. So yeah, so the sword play is it's very hack and slash easy, easy peasy. You get certain skills that give you a little bit more um, variability. Actually, the funny thing is that's pretty much like everybody's down on that game. Is is that the 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 fighting mechanics are all right, and you can make some, you can do some creative things with it. Uh, some of the magics that you can use, the fire, the mind control, the like pushing away, and like you can some some other things that actually make it a little bit you know interesting but it does get kind of old in that it's just yeah it's it's only so so it's not the best do you, ever, <laughs> do you ever feel well this is maybe how i feel but do you ever feel like when we are critical of these like really good games that when we finally release our game people are like god you were so critical of these and and you did it too yeah <laughs> well i actually well when i think about it it's just being completely honest like why would you want i mean i can't say that this combat was the greatest and and if again it's something that you can look at a lot of reviews on and a lot of people will say the combat's not the greatest mm-hmm. but you know what they overdid themselves in terms of the story and everything else was cool and it's not like they didn't try also there were so many things outweighing the bad that was the combat right. that you can still say that's a great game and yeah, i will always say that's a great game i mean that's my goal 
as long as the the good outweighs the bad. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you know, there are certain things that end up getting sacrificed to make other things better because right. it takes a team to do these things. So maybe there's more people that they said, "Hey, we're gonna need you guys to work more on." We want this world to look better. We need it to be so when you're traversing this world, you feel um, a certain way. We need it to feel more alive. This is not a dead world. There's actually people there. We need we need you to illustrate that. And let's spend a little bit less time on the combat mechanics because they're important and they lend to the gameplay aspect of the game. But we're more about the strategy of combat, and we don't need we don't need as as virile of a of a. a, a of, of combat mechanic we need something that says hey you know when you're fighting a wyvern that um what what did you say a wyvern what do you call it wyvern okay so whatever i'm pretty wyvern. sure it's a wyvern Ugh. anyways <laughs> wyvern just it, sounds so, like it's a lazy way to say it but okay. so isn't it weird though when like you see these things where it's it's not spoken but it's from like high fantasy and everything and here's yeah. someone else say it and you're like what the fuck you just say right um <laughs> so like when you're fighting that you know that it's going to poison you um you also know that if you apply a, a dracoid oil to your your weapon you're going to do more damage to it and then if you get a certain mutagen then that damage turns to possibility of stunning them or something like that i'm pretty sure i'm misremembering remember, some of the mechanics but mutagen mutagen um they um it just like it adds layers to that to the combat being more strategic though the combat still ends up being the same. It's just you have that layer of thought going into combat. It's actually cool. Like they, they make they give you like the little like the little uh, bestiary thing where they tell you about the monster or whatever. So it kind of allows you to develop that for yourself after you kill one. Um, but it's still kind of the... the uh, you kind of go into these fights blind especially with all the new monsters and it, and that's another thing the witcher has a variety of monsters so even if you have the same exact fighting mechanics you might have to use those differently for every monster which yeah again rich is a good game but there are, yeah every game even final fantasy 7 or 6 i could find i find fine flaws on those but i mean you really think about all the best games are still going to have their flaws yeah. it's just they have so much good stuff that make it to where people they will either ignore those flaws or nostalgia forces them to not even remember remember the flaws, you know? <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia and not letting us remember the flaws, mm-hmm. um, so one of the reasons I, I went on, took a longer break is I, I wanted to get a recap on a couple of games I, I played, one of them being El Shaddai and the other one, Fragile Dreams. Neither of which I've ever heard of before in my life. <laughs> and these games were not reviewed well. Um... And actually, they said in the review they didn't really like the story, but I actually enjoyed the story. And but it might not even be that I enjoyed the story. I think I enjoyed the way the the story was told, or I really liked the the aesthetics of the game, music, art style. Like I remember in El Shaddai, like I don't know if I, well for the audience, like it, it was kind of weird because it, it um it's basic it's based off the what is it like the Book of Enoch or whatever. And and it has one of the characters in it is Satan. He's he, and he pops in every once in a while as like his friend, but then the way they portray him, they kind of portray him as what? Yeah. Well, Ugh. but but he's like he's like in a black suit. He's got he's he looks like a GQ model really. He's in a black suit, and even though like oh like Lucifer from the TV show. Yes, just or, like that. Okay. Um, 
and and then every once in a while like he'll like oh hold on Enoch and he'll he has a cell phone too and he starts talking on the cell phone but then <laughs> this this game sounds hella scatterbrained what the hell's going on in this it game? is but like I I thought the the art direction and all that I thought it was so great you know mm-hmm. and and it kind of seems like the the big things that drew that pulled El Shaddai and Fragile Dreams down was the fact that the gameplay was repetitive. I mean, so both isn't of, that what pulls most games down? But the, the thing is, like, if it was repetitive, it's fine because, like I was saying with The Witcher, certain things are repetitive. But here's how you throw a wrench in being being repetitive: you add new scenarios, you add new ways to use things. AI to the enemies. Oh my goodness! Enemy like types. not where all enemies are just running straight towards you, and then you just got to hit them away and then mm-hmm. do your thing or whatever. But I mean that and. We we said it earlier, like letting the really like if it was a really really good story, people might even be able to ignore the repetitiveness. Oh, that's why I ignored it. Yeah, think about Xenosaga. They had really repetitive combat, but we liked the stories enough so good. to oh where gosh, I loved it. I th- I just feel like you really. I think really at the time deep in being devil's yeah. advocate. <laughs> no, I think I just love the story so much that I I in turn loved the combat because it brought me to the reward of the story. Gotcha. Uh, maybe I don't know. Who who knows? Um, but yeah, like, it, but it's interesting because I when I looked it up, they they were both like their claim to fame was art direction for okay. both of, both the designers for these games, and so they probably have just made these beautiful scenes before in games, and people are like, wow, let's make a whole game like that, and yeah, you you got the El Shaddai's artwork is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks great. It's uh, like a it's like a kind of a surreal painting kind of thing. Well, like I said, it kind of looks like, it looks a little bit like Fury. Yeah, yeah, like the the cell shaded, mm-hmm. painted, uh, kind of like that halfway between anime and and like three D kind of thing. It's like I bet if you watched like a El Shaddai movie on YouTube, you'd be like, oh, that was that was cool, you know. It, lo- it looks nifty. It looks nifty. Um, and then, but it's PS3. I don't have a PS3. My, my dad. Yeah, don't. Does. It's not worth playing. You just watch a movie. Okay. Um, and then. Ooh, that's harsh. <laughs> it, it, it really was. <laughs> it was really hard too. Like later on, but like all the main bosses were basically the same, but they had like something slightly different that make it slightly harder. I don't know. Um, but then your your combat doesn't really vary, so. Instead of like having no new skills or anything, yeah, no, you have like three different weapon types that you can have. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it also included uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakened or Force Unleashed on this. Which uh, did you play that one at all? They included it on the game itself. No, I, no, I included that on my list of games that uh, like I liked but didn't get the critical love. That with had I thought I had good stories. I thought the Force Unleashed one did. It was the two. It was two that got the repetitive gameplay thing. No, both both or, of them kind of had the same thing. Uh, so. Well, I only I played. I think the second one. I don't think I played the first one. Did you? Just and like, I didn't play the the whole second one. But that's because back in the day when I did play it, I'm not a really a big hack and slash person, yeah. and and I like heavy stories. I prefer the quote unquote sixty hour games, like the the ones that are Witcher three. Well, I mean, I like I like games where you can tell its story first, gameplay second, and 
of course, if it's story first, gameplay second, gameplay complete shit, then yeah, I'm not. I'm still not gonna like the game, even if it's a good story. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Actually, the, even the, the game that game didn't. It it kind of gave you a little bit of story up front, but it was it was more or less gave you a premise and then said play. It didn't, and, and I guess from what I read and from what I've seen that. If you once you get further in the game, the story gets a lot more involved. Yes, yeah. no, it does. I mean, I guess it was kind of repetitive, but I mean, it was enjoyable enough to. I don't know. Um, and then also on it was the original. I put the original near on here, and but I don't really want to talk about near, because that shit is so overly convoluted and confusing. The story. <laughs> but it, yes, but, it was but still, it's so nifty. It was nifty. I don't know. It's just. It's definitely different. And I actually put The Last Guardian on here because I didn't really... It got like a 7 out of 10. And um, I'm not really... Underst- I, don't, I still don't understand why. Um, but it was just like the other ones. Like it, it had that visual aesthetic. It, but also it helps that my cat looks like Trico, okay. the creature in it. So it kind of made me like the creature even more. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so... Um, Wow. Wow. So as far as the interesting part is, uh, you know, you can you can enjoy a bad real game mm-hmm. for a good story. Okay. And you can also enjoy a bad story on a good video game. But for other media, if the story is bad. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other medias are dependent on yeah. that. Unless, of course, you're Transformers and you're Michael Bay. Well, actually, that's not true, too. Like, you can have a fighting movie. Yeah, that's what I said. Unless you're Transformers yeah, and you're Michael okay. Bay, where everything is about special effects, okay. choreography, and I guess like there's that. exceptions to everything. Yeah. Or like an action flick. Yeah. Oh. Most of the time, like in action flicks, you're looking for action. You're mm-hmm. not looking for a great story. But if you got one, you're like, oh. <laughs> um, like some of the Jet Li movies. Like most of the time, when you go into a Jet Li movie, you're just looking straight for Jet Li to be kicking somebody's ass. Except for Unleashed. That and then Unleashed really... was a great yes. movie. And then when he punched the old dude in the throat... When he went down to the little arena, I've and never he's like, seen and I was more like, vicious fighting. Like, yeah. oh my god! Oh, Jet Li's a beast. And then yeah. uh, was that the one and some other stuff? But yeah, yeah, he's yeah. And, oh, then he did. Uh, is that Fearless? His his the, the the I don't remember that one. The one where he uh, he was like fighting in the arena as a kid or whatever, and then he got even better. And then his family. It, it, oh man, it was oh, so good. And then like, the final the final like act is like him in like some tournament with. Like at representing uh, his country or whatever, and against like the Americans and the French and some other stuff, and everybody got to use whatever weapon they wanted to use, and it was just. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I, I really can't remember. Do, do you ever see the one with Jet Li and Jackie Chan? It's like the Legend of the Golden Monkey. Garbage. Oh hell no. Garbage. I it was it was like weird. It was almost like. You you just like oh man, this is two of my favorite martial artists. Blah blah blah, and then you're like. Crap! They're gonna mess it up. Nah, and that's oh, what I and that's it. what happened. I it think it was like Never Ending Story meets Karate Movie. Yeah, I didn't. I never watched. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that I remember Never Ending Story much at all. Did I'm you, pretty sure I watched it when I was younger. Did you watch that movie though? Never Ending Story. No, the other one, the yeah. Golden Monkey. Yeah. You didn't like it? No, I thought it was okay. So there's there was Shit. good there was good choreography, but there was like the movie itself was like uh, I gotta slog through this to get to some good fight scenes, but I don't know. Also. Jackie Chan had way better choreography 
before he became famous or in my opinion like he like when he did like kung fu flicks mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah um and then he just got into oh, stunts man. and he was doing all the crazy stuff Drunken like starting Master with like two oh my gosh yeah and then then it, well then he started with rumble in the bronx and then it just became um uh, then it just became him doing everything sliding in impossible areas mm-hmm. and and breaking ribs and and legs and shit and then like there was just something like i mean then all of his movies started ending with like highlight reels of him hurting Again, himself hurt. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like and then him walking away and be like dang i broke my arm actually well, he broke his ankle in uh rumble in the bronx and they had like yeah. a, they had like a boot they had like a a sock that looked like his shoe that went over his yeah. his Whatever. isn't that crazy like yeah. but but yeah so like whenever i saw him think when i was thinking about oh jackie chan and jet lee are in a movie i actually thought i didn't really think too much about uh martial arts i thought more about stunts and martial arts because now you're thinking you got one person who does who may do some of his own stunts but i'm pretty sure jet lee does a lot just a lot of his choreography in terms of like the actual fight scenes and things but then you have jackie chan who does the choreography and he does the uh the the crazy stunts and I guess he did less fighting in his uh, in his latter movies, and he did more like the uh, he did more of the. He still fights. Yeah, but he did more like well, because everybody else wasn't that great when he when, <laughs> when they fought against Jackie Chan in his latter movies. Mm. It was just like a bunch of uh, a bunch of lackeys. Whereas when you look at like Jet Li movies, he's always fighting against other martial oh, artists. Oh yeah, some other badass. Yeah. So oh, it, and that, but that's what I liked about Jackie Chan's earlier movies. Which, how do we get on this subject? I don't, know. I don't have no idea. I believe you need to rewatch this Golden Monkey thing. Okay, I probably will. Okay, it was a good idea. It's just fun. I mean, okay, okay, like don't okay, don't okay. analyze it or whatever. Okay, just, okay. Just okay. Well, it. I analyze everything because I'm that person. That's true. Also, my microphone's falling off the table for some <laughs> reason. So, <laughs> let me be right. Okay, so do I even have anything else? Um, <laughs> we kind of talked about it <laughs> are there any video game stories where like you're like yeah i like this shit but god damn it just confuses the fuck out of me and we're just kind of talking about that xeno saga xeno gears near dragon guard see i never played dragon guard is thought, like the prequels to near i never all the xeno saga story was very confusing. well xeno gears xeno gears yes i but again, had to play it multiple as i times. started playing it again so you know your story isn't as confusing as i thought it was but i did play it as a young child mm-hmm. and that was the only time i ever played through that game and so i look back at it as being a very confusing story but then when i you know read reviews or i watch videos like to recap the story i'm like oh this actually wasn't really very actually, very convoluted but there are certain aspects of that story or like the the groundwork that they laid for the yeah. story that lent to it being more uh sophisticated and complicated i, w- I wouldn't mind watching or watching playing metal gear solid 2 again because i remember the end sons of liberty yeah okay i remember that towards the end when like i don't know like raiden's raiden's all like naked running around like covering his crotch with his hands and like there's all this exposition Mm -hmm. and i'm like huh political stuff what yeah but i feel like that's just kojima just playing with everybody i mean that's kind of his thing though like he just he's outlandish and i think a lot of people like it because it's so it's very unique when it comes to high budget video games like the ones that he produces and that most of them stay very conservative and they try to uh give exactly what's expected where he's like well 
I saw this one movie and I liked it a lot. I'm going to put a, a, a an homage to that in, in the thing. Or I played this one game and I liked that a lot. And I'm going to put an homage to that. You know what I mean? Like he, he is one of those that wears all of his influences on his sleeve and he just he just makes his games and he, he does not care. Do you, ever, you ever watch 30 Rock? Uh, Tina Fey? Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you're aware of it. Yeah. And you know Tracy Morgan's in it? Yes. So when she wrote a lot of the lines that she wrote for Tracy Morgan's character yeah. are actually lines that like her two or three year old kid would mm-hmm. say. Like her kids would say something and she's like, my kids are funny and so she write down and then those are the lines that she gave the tracy morgan in the show i can't tell whether or not that's like insulting or if it's just because he's really good at executing what what he's really good those lines because i've watched like most of the first season i think and it's just man he he's hilarious (laughs) and to think that he's literally just reciting children's lines is like it's even better because i'm pretty sure he ad-libs on top of that like it's like oh okay i got something i got something (laughs) Because he's still, you can definitely tell it's Tracy Morgan still, because of his personality outside of acting or the, outside of. The funny thing about that show is it was one of those ones where like, you know, it's on the the DVR and you're like, eh, do I want to watch that? And then you watch it and you're like, oh this shit, is my whole hilarious. season behind. Well, <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh this is hilarious. Why didn't I want to watch this? Yeah. And the next week comes along and you're like, eh, I don't really watch. Not gonna watch this. And then you get three episodes and then you're like, oh, God, I gotta catch up. Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, yeah. I just I haven't got. It. I like I said, I marathon like the first a whole first mm-hmm. season, but I was living in California at the time and I haven't gotten back to watching it since. Now I do want to watch it now. I should mention it. Remember when we talked? We were going to talk about storytelling in video games. Yeah, we did that a little bit. We did about thirty percent. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That good outweighs the bad, right? Yeah. That makes this a good podcast. Yeah. And on that note. Well, on that <laughs> note, so we are going to end this, but uh, next week uh, we're going to talk about our storytelling styles, and then we'll probably um, um, go on tangents for seventy-five percent of it. Okay. But so. Both of us are tasked. Is that how I say that word? Tasked. 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 Okay. With right. Okay. So we both gave each other a um, style of story and then we give them characters. So I gave Will. So he's going to write a novella or a soap opera. And uh, his characters are Greg, who is a doctor cop. There's Ruby, who is this sexy robot cop partner. Annabelle head of the hospital that greg works at and tom is the carefree best friend of greg who just don't give a fuck okay and and then the one that will give to me is so i have to write a horror movie or horror story story and there's there's a male male protagonist he's an alien lawyer uh there's a male talking dog there's a female cat criminal on trial and then there's a female android assistant to the lawyer, fresh out of college, just passed the bar exam. And I got to write a horror story out of it. Yep. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so you can hear what we come up with next week. Yeah, that'll be great. We're done. Are we? Have a good night. You don't have any more stuff? Do you want me to have more stuff? No, I'm just asking. Because you tend to have like a lot of stuff. It's just... Yeah, that's it though. But uh, okay. I mean, just for I, reference, really just it was Will's phone that went off this podcast. Yeah, of mine. yeah. So I mean, granted, it's probably like seven to one right now, but 
No, we're in episode. He's trying to catch up. It hasn't gone off every podcast. Yes, it has. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I know. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we out. Or not. He wants to say something else. Say something else. I was going to say anything else. Oh, okay. I was ready to go by. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Ah, you did want to say something else.